Hallelujah. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we shall continue with our class. We have come to the last class of this National Youth Ministry Training. Well, we still have one more prayer session, but this is the last class that we have spent together. We are spending together. Uh, rekindling the flame for the, the fire. For the first two classes, we focus on ourselves, right? In order to bring up the warmth of the fellowship, we have to got to start ourselves. If you are cold, and then just because you are the youth coordinator, and then you say, hey, fire up. <laughs> it doesn't usually work like that. We, we, we fire up ourselves. <laughs> yeah. You bring, you know, rekindle. I remember that you know, stir up the gift that has been in you, right? Stir up the love towards the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, starting from you, hopefully you can influence other people and bring, stir them up uh, to, to be zealous for the Lord as well. So today I want to talk about uh, how to help others. And, and I would like to use the example... <coughs> I would like to use the example of how Lord Jesus Christ, um, how Lord Jesus Christ stirred up two of his disciples who were uh, on a on a path leaving from Jerusalem. So this is the passage found in Luke chapter twenty-four. <coughs> the road to Emmaus. I'm not. Emmaus. Yeah. How <laughs> to read this one properly? Ima Okay, so starting from verse thirteen. So this is Luke chapter twenty-four, starting from verse thirteen to uh, pretty much all the way to verse thirty-five. So there's a couple. I think we we kind of know the story, right? There was two disciples. They were leaving, departing from Jerusalem, going to this city, to a village. Emmanus, and they were talking about what what has happened at this time. Though Jesus Christ, a few days ago, has just died on the cross, has just died on the cross. So they were very sad. Um, they don't know where the future holds, and they're leaving Jerusalem. Now, what is this significant? Because Jerusalem is actually representing church, right? Representing church. In fact, I mean, maybe they were not there, but. Jesus tells his disciples, do not depart from Jerusalem, right? Wait for the promise of Holy Spirit to come. Wait for the promised Holy Spirit to come. Then you shall receive power. Then starting from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth. So Lord Jesus Christ asked them to remain in Jerusalem. Now, I'm not saying no, they, they disobey Lord Jesus Christ. I'm saying the Jerusalem, actually, that time they should be in Jerusalem, right? Jerusalem is representing church, right? So... Leaving Jerusalem, it can represent someone's faith that is going further and further and further away from church, going further and further and further away from Lord Jesus Christ, right? Because they are, for various reasons, they are discouraged because of the things they see, because of the things they hear, or because for whatever reason, they are just leaving, right? They are leaving. But at this time, Lord Jesus Christ himself draw near and went with them, Yeah. But at that time, they did not see. Their eyes were restrained, though, so they did not know it was actually Lord Jesus Christ that was with them. Then Jesus said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Right? So Lord Jesus Christ noticed 
they are sad and ask them, well, what is this kind of conversation that you, you, you are talking about? What are you guys talking about? Uh, so one of them answer, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And then Jesus said to them, what things? So they began to describe what, what, what this is. What is this thing that they heard? Um, what, what is this thing that they are discussing about Jesus and how he was crucified? Uh, how he was crucified. Um, but in verse, uh, I'm just jumping forward. Right? In verse 25, Jesus said to them, O oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophet has spoken, are not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So Lord Jesus Christ explained to them um, why must the Son of Man be put to death, right? How, why he must suffer and how he must enter his glory. And all these things actually was prophesied in the Bible. So he explained the Bible to them. So by the time they get to the village, they get to the village, um, and they ask Lord Jesus Christ to, to stay. And when Lord Jesus Christ uh, was at the table with them, break the bread, uh, took the bread, blessed and broke it, give it to them, that's the time when their eyes were open, and they knew who was with them, which was Lord Jesus. And then verse 32 is the key verse. And they say to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So here, their heart, they, they were cold, right? If their heart was cold before, they were leaving Jerusalem. They were sad. They don't know why this happened to Lord Jesus Christ. They were discouraged. They probably was going away and becoming disciples no more, right? While the... The disciple still, no, the twelve still remain in Jerusalem. But their heart heated up and burned within them when they hear Lord Jesus Christ explaining the Bible to them. Explaining the Bible to them. So their heart was stirred up, was fanned into flame by the word of the Bible, by the word of God. So today we want to talk about how we can stir up people's heart or Rekindle the fire by the word of God. Now, what I wanted to focus on is, is, is not on the word of God itself, because I think we, we hear a lot already. And, and for different situations, probably different verses that can be suitable and helpful, right? But one thing is, you yourself must be moved by the word of God to use it. To use it, you must first be moved, first be edified by the word of God, so that these words can can edify people. But what I wanted to focus more upon is actually getting to the part, getting to the part when Jesus started to preach to them, getting to the part when Jesus started to explain the word of God to them. Right? I think that is the part sometimes we may have missed, or we may have done very well. If we rush into things and just tell them, do you read the Bible more? <laughs> Pray more. Yes, yes, yes. Those are very, very, very correct answers um, to encourage the youth. Why don't you come to church more? 
<laughs> yes, true. Oh, you should come to church more. That is absolutely right. Uh, do you not know the morning prayer starts at 10? Uh, you can just keep going, right? Um, and these are all true. But let's take a look at how Lord Jesus Christ actually leaded these two, right? Did Jesus appear to them and started off with verse 25? You foolish ones! Right? Why are you walking away from Jerusalem? Do you not know the Holy... Do you not know... You know, Jesus did not... I mean, definitely he is right by right, saying this, but he did not start it off by, by saying this. Let's, take, let's pay attention. Let's take a look at what Jesus Christ did. A couple of steps, actually, before, before actually reaching to, to, to talking about that Bible verse. And this step, actually, is I feel is very important to prepare a person's heart to receive the Word of God. Prepare a person's heart to receive the word of God. Also prepare, if you are the one that is to give, provide the word of God to nourish, to encourage this person. It also gives you the time to kind of identify the situation and to pray about it, asking God for help to give you the proper words to speak for him, right? Because it's not on your own accord, but by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And that is why these words can be so powerful and can cause people to burn right, within their hearts. It's because these words are the word of God and you are saying by the with the power of the Holy Spirit that is in you, okay? So let's take a look. The first thing is, you know, they're walking away. The first thing is verse 15. Jesus himself drew near and went with them. That's the first thing. Right? Jesus Christ identified that these people are sad. Right? Jesus Christ identified that these people are leaving Jerusalem. Right? And of course, you say Jesus is God himself. Of course, he knows everything, everywhere, right? Yes, he does. That is completely true. But that's also something that we can learn. Can we identify when people are slowly, slowly falling away? Can we identify when people are slowly, slowly not coming to church. Actually, sometimes it is more difficult now that we have Burnaby and Vancouver. Why? Because sometimes you think, especially during the pandemic time, right? You don't even see them in church. But now that church is reopened, but you think, oh, maybe they go to Burnaby, right? And then people in Burnaby says, oh, maybe he goes to Vancouver, right? And after a while, it's like, hey, oh, he didn't, he didn't go to Burnaby? Oh, he didn't go to Vancouver? Oh, <laughs> it's, a, it's gone for a long time, right? And... I feel <coughs> while the person is still coming to church, as long as the person is still willing to physically come into the chapel and pray with us, right, and even attend services, then actually he is not too far away. Sometimes really when they have decided already, make up their mind, I don't want to go to church anymore, right? And then by the time you it will be much more difficult because they have already made up their mind. Now, these people, they are what? They are on the way, right? That, I think that is the key point. They are on the way, leaving slowly. They are sad. They don't want to go. I don't think anybody was super happy that says, I don't want to go to church anymore. Well, I don't know. But they, I don't, it's a very tough decision. Church has been their whole life. I mean, I'm talking about youth, right? They grew up in church for the longest time. They want to believe. They want to experience they want, to, they want to stay and be happy in church. Who doesn't want to have that, right? But they feel sad. They feel, for whatever reason, maybe they have a disagreement with other people. 
I need some water. But okay. The problem is, the problem is, you know, when people argue, oh, Roger, Roger, if Roger can get for me, yeah, thank you, Roger. So if, if some people they are they are angry with another person, right? They have a fight, like me and I don't know somebody fight, right? Not physically, but you know, argument or something. Then I become angry with Lord Jesus. Have you ever seen that happen? I this person is I don't know. This person did not say hi to me when I say hi to him. How often do you say that? <laughs> do you hear that? It's like they don't look at me when I say hi to them. You know, people get offended. It's true. And then maybe maybe purposely, right, or something. But they say, okay, I don't want to come to church anymore. But then that means you're angry with the Lord Jesus. Does that even make sense? You have a fight with this person, but then you're angry, taking it out on, you know, I don't want to come to church anymore to worship Lord Jesus. How does that even make sense? But then in reality, that is, that is, the, that is the, the real thing, right? A lot of time people become discouraged. Actually, it may have to do with, um, with things happening in church, things happening in their family, right? That's causing them to, to kind of go and slowly go and go away from, from, from the faith. But it, like I said, <coughs> when they are still in the Lord, when they are still willing to come to church, actually, we should quickly identify because there is still the easier time to bring them back while they are still working away. When they have already gone, make up their mind, change their lifestyle, right? become accustomed to not attending church anymore, at that time will be so, so, so much harder. Their, their heart is completely cold. You know, like a battery, car batteries, right? To, to jumpstart a car battery. <coughs> Has anybody, anybody jumpstart a battery, car battery? Has anybody ever jumpstart a car battery? You have? <laughs> Not too many people. So for the last, last while, I have to... Thank you. Oh, you guys are so kind. <laughs> okay. For the last while, I have to jumpstart a car battery because I keep forgetting to turn off the light or something, right? So, and I, I have a really hard time because if the battery is just, sometimes you, your battery, the power goes down a little bit, right? Just below the threshold. Then what you can do is you can just, just get a jumper and then it will start, right? Because it's just missing that a little bit power. However, if the battery is completely cold or dead, <laughs> cold, right? Cold battery, that's called cold start, like completely cold, then you actually need a lot more power in order to, to jumpstart the car. Most of the jumper, booster, it booster will not be enough. You need like a complete new power source in order to jumpstart. Only maybe like, you know, Holy Spirit shake big and then the person can wake up, right? But for, for people who are just kind of lacking a little bit, you cannot, almost can start the car, you can kind of hear it, right? When you crank the power of the car, you'd be like, almost there, but it's just not starting. Or rather than if you turn it and there's nothing, then that's a dead, complete dead battery. You turn it, there's no sound at all. Then you need like a big, big fix. Anyway. So the first thing is what? Identify identify a being observant right identify people who are struggling with their faith who are having a sad face right and sometimes even 
you know, you can ask them. It's like, okay, fine, I'll just ask people how they are doing, right? How are you, brother? How are you, sister? Right? What do you think they're going to say? Fine. <laughs> Most of the time, I think that's just kind of like, you know, even in ESL, we learned that, right? How are you? Fine, thank you. And you? Right? That become like an automatic response, right? Even from the beginning when you learn English, it's just automatic, right? Like, so really, like being observant, right? And, and genuinely caring, right? I think that is the key to even to break through the ice, right? Like they are willing to talk to you about their issues. They're willing to talk about their struggle and faith, right? There, there must be some kind of trust that's being built up. So actually what, what Lord Jesus Christ did there, from starting from the time he come and walk with these people until the time he started to preach to them and using the word of God to kind of rekindle their fire, he started to build trust and love and accompaniment with these people, right? So that they, they, they are really paying attention to him. By the time he started to speak, right? They, they, they feel he care about us by the time he speak, right? So that's the part I wanted to talk about. So first of all, see them, care for them, right? And, 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 and draw near to them. And there, there are some uh, examples. For example, um, Joseph, Joseph. Um, the, the example of Joseph is this. He was, he was actually a person who is in a lot of stressful situations, right? Being sold into slavery, being framed to put in jail, right? But in his misery, in his stress and difficulties, he was able to see even the stress and the sorrow of the cupbearer and the chef, right? The two of them, right? They, he was able to see their sorrow and he asked them, so what, 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 what make you sorrow? And I think he's able to do that because in a way he overcome his sorrow. He can see the will of God in his life, right? So if we are, sometimes we have this, uh, if, if you're in, in a hard time, right? Or if you, know, you only care about yourself, then it will be very difficult for you to see the need of other people. It'll be very difficult for you to see the need of other people. Or it'll be very difficult for you to see your why is that relevant to you? Right? I mean, sure, he's having a hard time, but I don't have it easy, easy too, right? That that could be the case. You can see it, but you may not draw there, draw near to, to walk with him. Like like the example of Lord Jesus Christ with a good Samaritan, right? There was a person beaten, half dead, and leave on the wayside. The first two came about, even a priest and a Levite. Did they see this man? Yes, right? And Jesus' parable, they did see this man, but they just walk around him. They just, they see him, but they didn't stop, right, to take care of him or to care for him. Only the good Samaritan, right? He stopped, he take care of him, bounded out his wounds, and then he carried him to an inn and be willing to pay for whatever expense that this man occurred. Right? Because that's out of love. Seeing, observing, does not equal to caring. You've got to take that step to want to care. You want to care for this person. You want to help this person. Right? You want to help this person. Actually, it is our duty even. It's even our duty to take care of this person. Remember what another parable of Lord Jesus Christ, right? In Matthew chapter 25, he separated the what? The goats 
and then the sheep, right? Goats on one side, sheep on one side. Sheep are these people, Lord Jesus said, you took care of me. Right? When you see I'm hungry, right? You, you feed me. When I'm naked, you clothe me. When I'm in the jail, you come and visit me, right? You take care, good care of me. And then they ask, Lord, when have we done this for you, right? When have we done all these things for you? Lord Jesus said, when you do it on the least of among you, you have done it for me. And then he said to the goat, what did he say? Right? You didn't do anything for me. You refused to do things for me. When you see me, I'm hungry, you don't feed me. When you see me, I'm naked, you don't clothe me. When you see me, I am in a jail, right? You do not come and visit me. And they say, Lord, when have we seen you and don't do these things for you? What did Jesus say? When you refuse, right, to do it on, from, on, the, on the least amount among you, you have refused to do it on me. So actually, we need to, not being forced, I don't think, I'm, I don't hope we are not, I'm not trying to say, you're forced to help this person. But really experience the love from God that He has loved you. So you see your responsibility to love one another, to love your brothers, right? To love your sisters. And then of course draw close right? and, and and talk to him and care for this person. Right? But particularly I think it's it's a prudent, right? For brothers to more focus on brothers and sister focus on sisters, right? If all of a sudden brother come to a sister, ah, oh, sister, I see you are sad. <laughs> you know, maybe not so much appropriate. It's focus on brothers, focus on brothers, sister, focus on sisters. If you identify maybe a sister, then, then you can talk to some, you know, big sister, right? And then have them take care of that sister. It's no problem. But definitely, definitely we want to, we want to, you know, keep ourselves pure, holy, and, 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 and proper. So that is one thing, especially when we are youth leaders, right? You have the responsibility to take care of, in a way, your, your sheep. <laughs> or even your students, if you're talking about RE, this is very much applicable too. See their needs, approach them, care for them. Then what, what happened next? Let's take a look. <clears throat> Jesus said to them, what kind of conversation, right? Jesus asked them, what, what is this about? What is this about, right? What are you guys talking about? What, what make you so sad? What make you so sad? Now they ask. So this is asking, right? Jesus wants to hear from them what is going on, right? Allowing them to have a time to speak. Now one of them said, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Have you not known the thing which happened in these days? Right? This, this, this person is kind of like a... Like, like, how can you not know about this thing that we are being sad, right? You know, obviously, you know, it's, it's a, this big thing that happened in Jerusalem, crucifying and crucifying, you must have known about it, right? But what did Jesus say? Yeah, of course I know, right? I was the one, you know, I got the front row seat. I was the, I knew much better than anybody else, right? I was, I was participating throughout the whole event. From the beginning to the end, right? Did Jesus say that? No. What did Jesus say? What things? <laughs> you know, this is quite strange, isn't it? What things? What? What is it? I think this is so much wisdom in this, this word. What things? Uh, Jesus can, can tell him, like, yeah, I know, you know, Jesus, da, 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 da. I was... But Jesus did not, right? Even Jesus, though, even though Jesus knew what was troubling them, 
and what is on their mind. But Jesus wants them to say it out themselves for him. Right? He wants to listen to it. He wants to hear it. Right? He says, one thing, let me know. Please tell me. I'm all years. I'm here to listen. Right? I'm here to listen to, 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 to the reason why you are sad. And I think it's this listening that is very much important. That is very much important because many times we jump right, to conclusion, sometimes a little bit too fast, sometimes even a little bit too hastily. Let's take a look at a verse, actually. It's a, it's a very, very good verse concerning, concerning uh, the way how we can talk to people. This is in uh, James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 19. James chapter 1, verse 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to speak, uh, to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. I mean, we, we should be quite familiar, right, with this verse. Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. The reality is sometimes we really jump too fast. We just want to tell him, come to church, be on time. <laughs> but we are not really spending enough time to listen, to listen. What are some of the consequences if we do not listen? We can jump to the wrong conclusion, isn't it? I mean, Jesus, of course, he knew what's going on because he sees the heart and intent of men. Can you do that? You cannot, right? We can only guess what is happening. We can only guess what is the issue there, isn't it, right? So when we guess, sometimes we can guess wrong. Let's take a look at the example. First Samuel chapter 1, right? First Samuel, when uh, Eli saw Hannah was praying, First Samuel chapter 1, verse 12. So then uh, Hannah was continuing praying before the Lord. <coughs> Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lip moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. Wow. That's a, such a misunderstanding, isn't it? Right? And he was trying to look too. Eli watched her mouth, but the reality is he, 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 did not, he cannot see very clearly, right? If we take a look at chapter 3, verse 2. And it came to pass at that time, Eli was lying down in, <coughs> sorry, in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. So actually the process started a long time ago, right? When he misjudged Hannah. Did he listen? Did he listen? He kind of just jumped to conclusion, right? You drunkard, stop drinking, stop having wine, right? When you come here. And sometimes this is a... Uh, it can be very hurtful, isn't it? Especially with this kind of misunderstanding. She was already in a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. And now people judge her, mis, mis, you know, uh, not mistreated her, but accuse her of such a thing. But of course, then she explained and, and things and, and that. But that is the consequence 
right? It can happen if we do not take the time to hear, to listen, right? Even sometimes we may have a okay idea of what is going on, of what one may be the issue. Maybe, you know, why are they coming late? Maybe because your student's parents, right? They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't come out early, right? It may not be up to your student, or maybe there are some other issues, right? Maybe you, you know what it is, but you still say, oh, what is it, right? Why? You want to find out more. But this slow to listen, sorry, quick to listen is very much important. I wanted to share something. I wanted us to do something here. Um, so I said now, I think some of you is here. Let me see, I see a, I, I sent you a Google Doc already. Um, you can see it. So the, the question is, what is hindering our listening? What is hindering our listening? So I wanted to, I want us to contribute, right? Let's collaborate. I just type in a, a couple of reasons, but we can we can add in more because I think we really fail. Oh, I guess not you. I, a lot of times I really fail <laughs> in this aspect. I'm just using um, um, my own personal <laughs> me <laughs> hinders, right? What are some of the ways hindering our, our own my listening skill, right? Or what prevented me from actually listening? Right, when when you have to what you have to say is more important. They should listen to you first. Actually, you like to listen to yourself more. Right, I'm a preacher. <laughs> I I know what's going on. I can I can tell you what it is. Right, um, and I really like to hear myself speak. So that 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 could be the the what could be hindering. Right. So you can, we can contribute. So these are just some of the things that can happen. I want us to, so you can type in more of the things that, that could be hindering. And if you can also try to put in, um, how do we overcome these hurdles? You're ready to give biblical advice even before listening, right? Because you feel, wow, the Bible advice is so strong and powerful. I don't even need to listen to your problem. I just give you the Bible or assume what the Bible is. If you think about personal reflection, right? Do you find yourself difficult to listen to other people? Sometimes you say, oh, I just have no patience. That's just who I am. I'm, I've always been like this. There's nothing I can do about it. If it's possible, we can also work on the things on the right. I see a lot of people on the left. <laughs> Focus on also the hurdles. How can we overcome these things? Because actually this is our issue again, right? A lot of time we're thinking the issue is with this person. I'm trying to fix you. I'm trying to warm you up. I'm trying to, you know, do this and that for you. But we got to focus on ourselves too. What are some of the hurdles that we must overcome? Jesus did not just swoop, swoop in and start rebuking, right? And using the word of God to work on them but he he spent the time he spent the effort to look after them to walk with them 
How far is it? It's, it's actually a long distance. We don't know exactly when Lord Jesus Christ joined him on, joined them on this uh, this journey, but it's actually quite a distance, right? It was what seven miles, seven miles. That's actually a long way. It take like a whole day to walk. Someone change the format. Oh, yeah. oh, whoa, stop moving stuff so much. Just just type in your yeah. If you can come up with more questions, I can, I can put in more questions on the left. Um.
Okay, I think that's good exercise. <clears throat> Thank you for contributing. I think one, one thing that is very much important in listening is, is really taking the time and trying, to, first of all, trying to understand the situation, but also very much importantly, put yourself to their level, put yourself to their level and really hearing what, what, how, you know, like understanding how they feel, right? Listen more than just the words that they speak. Listen more than just the words that they speak. Understanding how they feel, sad. Are they puzzled? Are they afraid? Right? These are the, the things that you understand. And let's take a look at one of the, one of the Bible verses. Let's take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22. And, and this is what Paul said. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Uh, and of course, obviously, verse 23, now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. Right? So this is how when he preached the gospel, right, he, to what kind of person he become like that kind of person. That means he understand what that person is going through. Right? So he is not coming from like a top-down approach. Right? I am you know, someone above you. You, you do what I tell you to do. Just do what I tell you to do, and, and, and this will be soft, right? Sometimes we like to, I don't know, play the doctor, right? Oh, I see what this is. I'll give you a pay funk. Just do this, and you'll be fine. And then, okay, next, next patient. Right? Um, I think, really, if we, if we have that heart, Right? When Paul preached the gospel, he really cared for this person. He really loved their soul. Right? When we care for our brother and sister, we want to build them up. We want to stir up that little flame that is still in them. Right? When it's completely cold, it's very, very difficult. But if you still see them, most of the case that you, know, we, you have to deal with are the ones you still see them in, in church. You're just noticing them, they're drifting away. The fire is... Is, is slowly dying, but it's, it's still there. It's, it's still got some fire there. It just need to be warmed up. All right, so you go there and, and, and you try to be in their shoe, try to understand their situation, try to know their pain. Right? Don't say something like, it's so easy. Why don't you just do it? <laughs> why you have to work on Saturday, right? Or why, 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 why you come to church late? Or, I mean, just go, going back to those examples, but Sometimes what is easy to you, what is easy to you may not be so much easy for them, right? But if we can try to understand, really listening, hearing their struggle, what it is, then that is a very good starting point. When they feel, when they feel that you understand their struggle, right? Because I think this is my, my, my shortness, I mean, I'm trying to teach myself too, right? Sometimes, because for, for me, I, I would try to help members, right? Answering their questions or counsel them. And, you know, sometimes the members say, well, you don't understand what I'm going through, right? You don't understand what I'm going through. And it's true. That is true, right? Yes, it's true that I don't... <coughs> I have, I've not experienced what you have gone through. But when the members say that, I think it's also to a part that I have not done my listening well, 
right? I have not, I have not really understood their situation. Again, coming back, right? I may be too hurried. I already think, you know, this person is not doing the right thing. I'm gonna use this verse on that verse to to show you what you're doing is wrong and that you should repent, you should correct yourself, and you will be okay, right? I already set on my mind to do that. I have verses available left and right. If this doesn't work, I'll give you that one. You know how David prepared the five rocks? <laughs> it's like you're using the Bible verse like throwing rocks. <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta aim properly, right? Sorry. So you gotta know what the issue is. You gotta know what the issue is. I think one of the answer here, right? You're ready to give biblical advice even before listening. So, so some of the answer, you should fully understand the situation first in order to be able to give the most relevant and helpful advice, right? It's true. You sh that's <laughs> what we're trying to do here. Fully understand the situation so you are not jumping to conclusion. Second, building that relationship. Build, you build a relationship not when you s tell them what to do, but when you listen, when you listen to their situation, right? They feel you care for them. They feel you really genuinely want to help them, which you do. You're not just pretending, of course. You truly listen. You understand their hurts. And then that's when, that is, you know, when, when you really identify the issue, then we use the word of God. I think that is the most important part. In order to rekindle that flame, we must use the word of God. Right? Maybe you're afraid, right? One of you say, you're afraid, you know, I'm scared that you don't know what to say. But do not worry. God is with you. This is holy work, right? You are doing this to build somebody up. Your, your, your goal is aligned with what Lord Jesus Christ wanted. He will help you. Of course, you prepare yourself too. You equip yourself with the Bible verses, right? You equip yourself with the biblical principles. You equip yourself with the testimonies. But when you, when, you, when you speak, you pray about it in your heart. This is holy word. And then the word of God will be powerful. The word of God will be powerful to help this person. To help this person, right? Even Lord Jesus Christ, when he explained the word of God to them, he he. he he, he found out where the issue is because they did not understand the prophecy. So they were very sad to see. They don't understand why does Jesus have to die. They were hopeless in him. When Jesus died, their hope was completely broken. Right? So, so there was no more hope. They didn't understand why he had to die. But now, when Jesus explained to them, they understood, ah, it's the same event, but they now see it in a very different light. They now see it in a very different light. Right? They can see, ah, oh, actually, he has died, right? Not because he is bad or sinful, but because he carried our sin. Right? Because he carried our sin. And they, 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 they understood, actually, it's already in the Old Testament prophesied. But in our situation today, of course, you can have many, many different kind of situations. But the most important part is you must find strength in the word of God. You must find strength in the word of God. It cannot be, ah, let me give you an idea, right? And then coming from your cunning ways. This is not the time to play, what do you say? 
as cunning as a snake, right? Let me tell you, this is how you do it. No, that's seriously, please. Find strength in the word of God, using the word of God to, to build them up, to nourish them. It's the word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Then they can be strengthened. That is the most important part. It doesn't have to be much. And that's why it speaks slowly. You know, slow to speak. Take your time to think about it. It's more important to say the proper thing using the proper word of God principle to guide them. Sometimes we cannot think that fast, right? Even myself, right? You, you, you just, you, every situation is a new situation. Every person is a, is a unique person. We got to really consider it. Think about it. Even sometimes you don't have to answer them right away. Okay, now you know, oh, I didn't know you are going through so much. Let me, let me think about it, right? Let me pray about it, see, you know, and then when you, when you have something encouragement to say after some careful consideration, and you say maybe brother or sister, oh, I have a verse to share with you. I find it very helpful for me. I hope it can bring you encouragement too, right? So I think that's where we find strength, how to rekindle the fires using the word of God, but do not rush into it. And also I think, one of the things that was mentioned in uh, James as well is slow to what? Become angry, right? Slow to wrath. So don't bring your personal emotion into this, right? Let's say if two people is fighting and then now you talk to one and then this person is like, oh, the other person mistreated me, this and that and this and that. Then you become what? Angry too, right? Right, how can, you know, this person dare do that to you? Let me, you know, do something about it. And then that's not... That's just, you just become emotional, isn't it? Then that cannot be helpful. That cannot be helpful. We must, we must stay clear of these, these emotions. And, and yes, you can understand, yes, this person is hurting, this person feels mistreated. But we must clear ourselves of those emotions and be able to, to care for this person. How to build up this person? How to, how to what do you call it, comfort? right, this person, so that this person can be strengthened in the word of God. You are not there to, like, sometimes we love to s resolve the situation, right? Let me, let me voice out for you. Let me do this for you. Let me, let me fix the issue for you. But sometimes it is more important to really care for this person's spiritual well-being. This person is angry. This person has no peace. How do you bring about peace to this person? can only find peace in Lord Jesus Christ. Can only find peace in Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you're trying to do, to bring this person closer to Lord Jesus Christ. And then if that connection is strong, then he will be strengthened. Okay, that's what I have to share today <coughs> about rekindling. And really we focus more on, yes, the word of God is powerful, but how do you get there? starting from what Lord Jesus Christ did, right? Observe, notice, go and walk with them, caring for them, asking them what happened, right? Don't jump to conclusion. They say, do you not know? This everybody in church know already. Oh, what happened? <laughs> what happened? No problem. Let, let, let this person repeat it, right? What happened? <laughs> and then start from there. Pray about it in your heart. May God give you wisdom right, to be able to use the word of God to bring up this person.
Okay, so with that, that is our con any any questions? No questions, then we conclude. Let's bow our head and pray in silence. Amen. We'll take a break and we shall start our evening prayer at five.